I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. <laughs> A fine Saturday matinee to you all. Good morning. Hello, Hello. Andy. In Hi there. what? Yes, I'm trying to be completely no reason for an Irish accent because I saw that movie. This is this is the big thing, right? This is the big rumble in the jungle what? that we've been waiting for. This is the most <laughs> grand use of the word finally that I have ever been able, been equipped, been enabled to use. Finally, Steve has seen in the name of the father, and he's here to report his grand multi-starred review. Steve. You were using Twitter to like instigate like internet hate crimes. <laughs> I'm like, he, uh, well, he, if you're going to use Twitter, that's what to, you do uh, is you rile push. people up. With I'm like, what? Andy and I are adults. Oh, we can God. agree to disagree on things. He can say, well, I have some quibbles. And I'll say, I have some quibbles. And <laughs> you saw it. And I saw it at this point in my life. And there's movies that Andy saw later in his life where he's like, yeah, if I'd seen it at a different point, I might enjoy it more. And we're fine with that because we're big Steve, boys. You are really throwing a wrench into the mix I, well, here of drama. I started on Twitter because I, there's yeah, no other place to do it. This needs to be a, a full-on fight. Yeah, exactly. He wants us to do a cage match, I think. <laughs> is, is that really Daniel Day-Lewis can't act his way out of a paper bag. That he, accent was so fake. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just... I I realized... It w I didn't realize how old the movie was. I, had for, I remember hearing about it, and I was like, oh, okay. Emma Thompson, I didn't realize that I'm so old that they were doing movies because they were still young in the 90s when they made this thing. And it was in the era of, it, I guess, it, I just see, it felt like 
in that time period, there were a lot of movies about the Irish and British. And, you know, I think of like the commitments, you know, the early nineties of just a lot of movies focusing on, on that time or the, the oppression and that culture and all of that. So I, you know, you don't get that as much anymore. I was like, oh, Bono's singing a song for this. Wow. I, you know, it was a big film. It's got a great cast. It just is, uh, I think we've come a long way in how we tell stories differently, or I was expecting something different. If you think about, you know, how like movies like The Matrix changed action movies or like John Wick. Okay. Any, any really good action movie with County Reeves, you know, raises the bar for action movies. Um, and I, I was expecting a procedural on this one because we've got a whole, you know, wrongful imprisonment. So I was expecting more courtroom procedural stuff like that, because I think, uh, you know, directors like David Fincher have done a great job of creating that as sort of a genre of exploring, you know, how we piece together a story. And, you know, Jim Sheridan back in the nineties just had a different approach for that. And it didn't connect with me as much. That's all. Andy, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Rebuttal. <laughs> oh. I don't really have oh, anything you guys to say. I'm just worst. glad he watched it. <laughs> And now it's your turn, Pete. Now now it's your Uh, turn. I I debated in when I tweeted out my, you know, announcement that I saw it. I I wondered if I should have, you know, said, okay, Pete, I gave it three stars and it lost one star for this and it lost one star for this. And, you know, as I was watching, bing, there goes the star. I'm spending too much time in prison without really moving the plot forward. Bing, the end was just, you know, way too condensed. (laughs) There's your three stars. Everything's made better with the sound of falling stars. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm just really more than anything else, Steve. I'm just so happy for you because now you're allowed to see other movies. <laughs> yes, I know. And I feel like the floodgates have opened. Well, I, now you. I gotta, I gotta huge. go back through the archives and what are all the things I said? Oh yeah, I gotta get around to that yeah. one now too. Uh, we have not been keeping track. Well, I feel like you ended up watching <laughs> most of those before you actually watched The Name of the Father. So I think your well, list is actually okay, so pretty the short. The reason I was able to watch this was I had, I was traveling for work and one night I caught the last half of that HBO documentary about um, Elizabeth Holmes and her whole like blood testing company, Theranos. Oh, yeah. And I said, I got to see this thing. I, because I knew that they had been involved in Arizona and I, came in and like maybe it was the last 20 minutes actually i said i gotta see this thing so i activated my free one week trial at hbo through hulu and saw that and i was i was scrolling through i was like in the name of the fathers in here well now <laughs> i have no excuse because for a while it was like oh it's not available on netflix or anything and then it was sitting right there and i thought well i i have to if andy finds out i had a free trial and the movie was sitting there and i didn't he would never forgive me i would like banned from any Satman conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, it was right there, and I you know, sat down, watched it, and. <laughs> <laughs> but now, but now I'm. I think my I'm at the end of my one week trial, and as I've been in in there, I'm like, oh man, there's so much good stuff in here that I always, you know, been intending to. Like, oh yeah, The Wire. I was supposed to watch all of that show. Um, it's at some point. So. They got me. They got me with their free one week trial. It's my ad. I'm probably going to keep it for a while to get caught up on a lot of shows mm-hmm. or, you know, HBO. And there's some some good movies in there I need to dig into. But now I'm I'm hitting sort of peak saturation because on Monday, my Criterion channel goes long. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Steve. So, well, have you seen the trailer for the Criterion channel? I haven't. I mean, it's not. It's oh you have to check this thing out. I think I posted it in, in Discord. It's not just movies. They have like shows, sort of like original programming, interviews with with directors, filmmakers. Uh, it's not just oh like here's a bunch of movies in our catalog. There's other content that they're that they're putting in there. Uh, so there's all kinds of themed events that they do. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I got my HBO and I got my Criterion going live. There's there's far too much, and I I've actually was so happy that I've got around to a couple weeks ago. I watched Detour, which was their you know movie of the week before they launched. They were doing this you know feature movie. I watch it, but the the crazy 1960 Baron Munchausen movie. Oh my gosh, guys, it is insane. 
It's it. You can see where Terry Gilliam gets his influence from. Who's inspired him? This movie is bonkers. It's amazing what you do when you have like no budget and are really creative. It works so well. It is such. It's a was it checklist from Czechoslovakia. So you know you've got some subtitles to deal with and some reading, but the visuals on this movie are astounding. It's fully. This is what I would expect from. Uh, you've got to create something where you have a sense of you're in a different world, a different reality and doing it with a low budget, but it works so well. It works so well. It's, it's only like 85 minutes or something like that. It's very short, but such a, a joy to watch so much fun. I feel like I should check that one out just because I do enjoy Terry Gilliam's, um, yeah, and it's just, it's one of those ones that uh, I, I feel like they've made, I know we talked about it when we did the show. I mean, there are a good number of Munchausen movies that were made before Gilliam got around to it. And uh, it would be interesting to kind of explore some of those, see what else is out there. And now I've got to figure out if I'm going to join Criterion Channel. I still haven't made it through the all the A24 films over on Canopy, Steve, and you got me oh, into I that. Know th- I know that. I just, come on, it's we're in a golden era of you know filmmaking and TV shows. It's crazy. There's way too much content, and it just there just keeps. Then what are you going to do when Apple launches their whatever TV plus? Well, I'm going to join mean, it, Steve. God, <laughs> I know you're. <laughs> <laughs> Apple is your lifeblood. If they if they've got something, I have to I have to say what I I was. Scrolling through the news the day that that stuff came out, and the first thing that came up was, "Oh, they're doing News Plus." And I was, and I scrolled through, and I didn't see anything else. I'm like, "That's the big announcement, <laughs> News Plus." Uh, Yay! Way to go, guys. That's just rocking my world there. Right. I can I can pay for things that are there. Okay, news. Woohoo! <laughs> but you're going to do it, Pete. You're going to be part of News Plus, aren't you? Well, I signed. There's a 30 day free trial. Of course, I signed up for that. Yeah. One of the things I like about it is that you know it gives it's it's through family share. So I, we have all four of us in the family on this thing, and so all of us get access to kid- all these magazines. And like, and oh, and so okay. my kids have been sitting down and like reading articles in the National Geographic. It's like access to things oh. that that um, you know they don't they we don't normally have subscriptions to and it's nice to have you know i grew up with a subscription to national geographic so that was the one honestly that i was most excited about um and um so i've i've found that really fun to be able to share and send articles back and forth and know that they have access to that stuff um and uh, so we'll see we'll see if over the next couple of weeks they uh they actually start using it as a resource tool for you know school that's my goal if if one of my children will use this as a resource, I will keep it. Uh, well, you know, there is this great thing called the public library, and they have magazines there that you can read for free. Wait a minute. Do I have to leave my house? Oh, wait. Sorry. You actually have to interact with people. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. That's a big barrier. I got Canopy for the library movies. I've got Libby for the library Kindle books. I don't yeah. actually have to go to the... The only time I go to the library is actually to get some peace and quiet to work. So I didn't know they had books there. <laughs> There's a whole Jack Reacher section right there waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, uh, anybody seen uh, Shazam? Andy didn't post it a four star review, I think. Yeah, yeah. so there, it's a lot the of the review fun. I read it's, this morning uh, was that it was Captain Marvel, but worth watching. Isn't uh, that hateful? Oh, what? oh my god, oh my I know, gosh. I know. In my little notes here, I have a I have a keyboard shortcut where when I type an exclamation point and a question mark back to back, it automatically converts it into an interrobang. And so I wrote Shazam exclamation mark question mark and it left it turned it into an interrobang. And I actually think that's how they should have marketed the movie. I'm leaving it. Shazam. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, go ahead. What did you think? You liked it. I did. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the whole family really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's actually a little darker than I was expecting, like some of the actual, like the villain stuff, um, some some scarier stuff that uh, my younger son was a little, you know, he closed his eyes and looked away a few times because there was some scary stuff. I was actually kind of surprised in a movie that has essentially kids as the, uh, or as a kid, as the, as the, uh, main superhero 
but it's um yeah it's it's definitely worth watching it's nice to see dc doing something that's just uh very pleasant very uh just it's, it's just really enjoyable and it has a lot of heart and so i think it's going to be one that uh between this and suicide squad and uh, just the the different things that DC is doing as they try to shift away. I mean, Aquaman even really it's it's giving a good move for them to to get away from some of the darkness that I think was bogging them down well, for a I, bit. I think what I perceive as as their success is not trying to have a coherent cinematic universe because I think you know tonally it it, it tied them. Well, in. this is part of it yeah, tonally, but then I I also see DC's got their you know, Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. And I, that could be part of the same cinematic universe. I don't know. But it just seems like they're willing to not have a universal tone. Whereas Marvel, we, we've talked about there's different genres, but still there's a consistent feel to the movies, per, perhaps just in visual style. When I look at Shazam and then I look at, you know, Joker. Joker looks like a 70s Scorsese, you know, if if Taxi Driver was about a clown type of movie and Shazam looks more bright color. You know, there's some I want that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> if Taxi Driver was about a clown. But there's there's some range there where you can when I saw Shazam, I'm like, oh, it's like big, the the comic book, you know, superhero movie. Because it's it's you know That's exactly and yeah. whereas Marvel, there's more, you know, yeah, we can have those you know, like Winter Soldier, it's more of a, you know, spy thriller, but there's still some lightness to it. There's still those those comic moments. And I think DC and allowing for some variation that they may have found their way out of the box they had sort of put themselves in by allowing a little bit more variety. I, I did not know Shazam was still part of the same cinematic universe because how do you reconcile that, you know, goofy fun with, you know, Certainly whole, with Joker. That, yeah, exactly. Or or even, which may be a separate universe, but if we say it's part of the same universe as Batman versus Superman, which is like really dark and dismal. Mm -hmm. they, but do, they do. They, okay. That's, That's all, all I'll say. say. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. And I'm, I'm very excited to, to see it and to, but you know, if my kids weren't out of town, we would have gone to see it already. I, it's one of those we've been looking forward to. I love Chuck. Uh, it's, he's, he's great. And he, man, I want to see it just to celebrate his workout routine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> these guys, man, they're amazing. Well, yeah. And he's great in it. Zachary Levi is just, yeah. He, 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 is he does exactly what Tom Hanks did in Big. I mean, I, I, that's a a perfect reference point for this movie is taking that young kid, putting him into a grown-up body, except in this particular case, he has superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So uh, that's very exciting. Uh, speaking of, uh, actually, the DC Cinematic Universe, I, I had not heard that... Uh, I mean, I'd heard that Will Smith was out Mm -hmm. of Gunn's Suicide Squad. I had not heard that Idris Elba was in, and it turns out Idris Elba is in, uh, and originally he was, they were thinking he might play Deadshot, but uh, he's making him a different character. Uh, and it, it sounds like there's a lot of turnover. I think only three of the original um, characters are back for this one. Um, we've got Harley Quinn and Jai Courtney as Boomerang and Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. And so, uh, but that's, those are the only three. And so they're going to put a lot of new faces in the movie in James Gunn's thing. So that's, that's exciting. That is exciting. It's, yeah, it's, like I said, they're, they're willing to have some flexibility. We can have, uh, well, if we're going to keep, you know, Jared Leto as the Joker, but we've got Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I mean, they're, they're really embracing this sort of like you can have different comic book lines, you know, within your, you know, brand mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. we've got. And I think that's what's working for them uh, rather than, you know, they, we get the variety. And I'm really excited to see what James Gunn does with this. And I, I love that we can have, you know, a, a Joker that's, you know, Jared Leto and we can have a Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And that both feel true to who they are within their specific world. Um, yeah, hopefully we don't have worlds colliding because I, I like, you know, being able to pick and choose or, or have a different experience when I want, you know, 
the Suicide Squad. That's great. If I want a more, you know, gritty character piece, I'll have that option as well. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this new direction for DC. Well, they're giving us a lot to yeah. think about. Um, in Plus their 20... TV. Yeah, right. And yeah. they're giving us so much to think about in, in 2040 when we what? hit the DC, DC movie minute. <laughs> Um, the follow up to Somebody's our already podcast, doing that, so we can at oh, least no. check that off our list. <laughs> oh no! Uh, do we? What do we have? Uh, what do we have in the Marvel corner uh, this week? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, it was a good week for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel uh, broke the one billion at the box office, becoming I think it was the tenth superhero movie to do so, and the seventh of the Marvel films, something like that. It's uh, yeah, it's making a lot of money. It's doing really well for itself, and. Uh, only uh, only 37 movies total have actually hit the 1 billion mark. It's the it's the 38th and it's wow. also the first female-led superhero movie to reach that 1 billion in global sales. So um yeah, the other can you guys guess what the other uh six Marvel movies that hit the 1 billion mark are? Uh Avengers. I feel like we covered we this do... when we were talking about yeah. the 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 breakdowns of which ones were the because it was yeah it yeah, was like right. the Avengers and uh, what was it the uh, it was all the the ones where it's the Avengers so <clears throat> what Avengers and uh, yeah End Game not right Infinity, it's Infinity War, War Avengers Ultron, Ultron yeah. Black Pan- Civil oh, yeah. War that's right which is kind right. of Avengers uh, Black Panther and then Iron yeah. Man three was kind <laughs> of <laughs> a weird anomaly to yeah. throw in there. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, Captain Marvel's doing really well. And uh I think that what was the other bit of news that I had? The um uh oh, we had a, a tiny, tiny new trailer, I guess, an, an extra little special look at Endgame. So a little extra footage there, which was fun. And uh and then of course we have the uh launch date for Agents of Shield coming May 10th. They, yeah, they dropped that little teaser too. That looks good. I like that show. I really need to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. But then yeah. you've also got, uh, <laughs> what is it? The, uh, well, if you're going to really cover everything Marvel, you got what? Runaways. And then what was the other one? Cloak and Dagger. That's Marvel. Right. Cloak and, and Dagger. Dagger. And then, yeah. Well, and that was, that was a great yeah. little bit that, uh, the Joel dropped over on Discord, uh, for us to kind of give us a, uh, a really, <laughs> A, a good timeline, yeah. kind of a chronological view oh, of how crazy. to watch uh, Marvel, <laughs> like not just the the uh, movies, but all the TV properties as well. And yeah, you realize, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, I'll just need to set aside a decade of my life to really just kind of <laughs> go through all that. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, yes, it's all all good stuff. And uh, I have not started Cloak and Dagger, but I was I really enjoyed that show last time I uh, last season, and so I'm very excited. To I haven't even it. started, but uh, now I I probably have to, or I, I I'm now motivated to because uh, one of my podcasts, and I think Pete, you listen to the Deconstruction Workers podcast, don't you? Yes. I, that was a great that episode. That just dropped. And I looked at that. I was like, oh, Freeform Cloak and Dagger. I'm like, ah, oh, Pete's watching that. He's going to know what this yeah. this episode's about. I can't even start this because I have no idea what they'll be talking about. Oh, well, at least I've watched In the Name of the Father. Now I can watch other things like Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> oh. this. Oh, okay. Uh, one, right. last, one last well, thing, Jen, if I can. Yes, one last uh, thing. Not Marvel, mm-hmm. unless we're, there was still more Marvel talk, but I'm just keeping an eye on the time. Um, one of my favorite movies, one of my top 10 movies of all time is having its 40th anniversary this year, and that's Alien. Um, but what's really interesting is that I didn't know there was a website called alienuniverse.com where they're, I guess, it's sort of a central hub for all alien-related properties. But they've got um, some shorts they've put together. They've got uh, six filmmakers that have done these shorts uh, that are about 10 minutes long. Uh, the first two of them are now available. Um, alien specimen and alien containment. And these are just short films that take place sort of in that world of, of alien um, on different, you know, different ships in space or, or whatever. The first two are really, really good. And I don't know what the time frame is for if they're releasing. It looks like they release them every week, I think. But there's four more coming. But the first two that are out there, oh my gosh, <clears throat> well worth checking out. 10 minutes at, at lunchtime, just take a break. Um, but I had so much fun with these shorts. I'm just, it's getting me back into 
loving that universe, forgetting, you know, all the missteps that have happened along the way. It's great to see some some new young filmmakers showing that they really get what makes, you know, Alien such a, a, a classic property, uh, really just embracing sort of the the tone and feel of these movies. And so I highly recommend uh, checking them out if you are interested in all things Alien. So, so they're better than a Covenant, basically, is what you're saying. Yes, or Resurrection, or <laughs> Alien 3, or Prometheus, or... Hey now, hey now. Uh, and it's great that they're 10 minutes, and yeah, because there, there's not much... There, there's not much room for them to take things and go go wrong with them, but there's some... It's just, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's like a little love letter to Alien, and and showing how did you just did you just say these are these are too short to screw up yes exactly. <laughs> is that yes. is that the standard that yeah, we have you, to hold yeah, alien you, well, to if now you get too much time yeah you can <laughs> you can start putting in ridiculous things when you've only got tight 10 minutes you gotta just get to the core and that's you know have a little alien or face hugger in there someplace and people freaking out and you know some jump scares and creepy tones and yeah it's so much fun that's fantastic Let's do trailers, chance. Who's got? I think yeah, I get to go you first. get the A twenty four, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll... I uh, it's I mean the great thing about A twenty four is they release uh, they released projects that I I just haven't heard of but still look really interesting and and even if I don't always love them I find their track record to be a, a company that's doing a great job of distributing interesting films the new uh trailer is for the last black man in san francisco uh it premiered at sundance just this past january where it took home the best directing prize and the special jury prize for creative collaboration and uh joe talbot is uh directing it he wrote it along with rob reichert and it's just a it's a film about you know i'm not even sure but it's it's these these uh, young black kids who are growing up and they kind of return to this house that was, I guess, their place when they were um, kids in San Francisco. And it's just kind of um, reconnecting with their youth and connecting kind of with uh, just all of the the um, uh, just the sense of who they are and the sense of uh, who they are in this city and everything it just i don't know it has a tone it has a real interesting vibe that i found to just be real heartwarming it's one of these it's one of these trailers where a lot of it is just text on the screen giving you other people's opinions of the movie and how touching it was etc cetera, etc cetera. but i mean i got that tone as i watched this trailer just the sense of these two characters as they were um <clears throat> excuse me as they were uh you know just kind of living in this place and trying to figure themselves out. I, I was really kind of, uh, I found the trailer real, really affecting and uh, definitely is something that I um, am very much looking forward to. What'd you guys think? I think this is a, a testament to, to solid trailers, whatever the movie is about. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I couldn't tell you what the movie was about, but the, the tone of the film is inspiring for me to to want to see it and to want to sort of attach to it it's beautiful uh it showcases some interesting faces and um a a mood but it doesn't tell me what the movie's about and um i I think you know it's it's artfully done Uh, looking at it on imbb i haven't heard of joe talbot the writer director it's the story a, a true story it sounds like of the guy who is in it jimmy fails um, and his experience in San Francisco. Um, but I, you know, I, man, with, with few reviews coming in, it's showing up at 7.5 out of 10 on the IMDb six star scale. And, um, you know, that has, has a lot of promise. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. This was, uh, this trailer came out a couple of weeks ago and I think I was considering it for a pick, but may have picked something else. Um, and I, I said, oh, it looks interesting. But then when Andy picked it, I sort of dug into it again. And yeah, Pete, I was surprised to learn that like this, and it's Jimmy Fails starring as Jimmy Fails. And he also wrote the story. And from what I've pieced mm-hmm. together, he and Joe Talbot have been friends since like forever. 
there in San Francisco, as at least going back as, as teenagers. And so I'm really intrigued that this isn't just, oh, somebody put together a story. It's there's some true life connections to this. I don't know who Jimmy Fails is. I have to do some Googling to find out who he is. If you know, is this sort of a there's something magical about the way this trailer presents the story? I don't know. It's very different from what I was expecting because it's it's capturing something innocent and youthful about it, at least in this character, Jimmy, uh, or or his actual story. I don't know, but as I've sort of peeled back layers to learn a little bit more about these guys and their connection to the story, I'm much more intrigued by this. I thought it was an interesting you know, subject matter already, but knowing it's a very personal story, I'm really interested. And yeah, I think the little quotes from critics and viewers, uh, you know, it's compelling me. People were, what, audibly crying in this movie, according to one of them. Mm-hmm. I is going to be one of these uh, really powerful movies, I'm hoping. Yeah. I hope so, too. Joe Talbot is, you know, his bio, the first line of his bio is that he is a fifth generation San Franciscan. And that, you know, that that has, I I guess, gives promise to the movie as a as, you know, a guy who really wants to tell a story about this city that he loves. And um, and and what is going on? San Francisco is a is in crazy cultural turmoil right now. And so, you know, I have no idea if this movie is going to tackle any of that stuff. But I, I, I think it has promised to do so. Yeah, this was uh, these two guys. They had put together actually a Kickstarter campaign and raised their money to make the movie uh, that way. That's how they uh, that's how they got this thing off the ground. And they call it a doc fiction hybrid since it is kind of pulling so much mm-hmm. from Fails' life. Um, oh. So, yeah, real curious about this one. Uh, and I'm very excited to see it. It looks like it's going to be opening June 14th. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it'll be a nice little summertime counter-programming. Check it out. Steve, what's yours? Mine sort of has a connection to, to Andy's in terms of films that are based on possibly true events um this trailer just dropped and i remember hearing about jt Leroy years ago as this sort of scandal um I, this is the story uh so there was a, a writer that had been publishing these books or there were there were these really popular books by a, a writer named jt Leroy, and then no one had seen this author then suddenly this sort of mysterious character showed up you know claiming to be jt Leroy. um but people are like, this looks like a woman dressed as a man. What is going on with this? So now we're several years down the road because this was like early, late 90s, early 2000s. So now we actually have a film, which I'm assuming is most factual version of these events <laughs> we're going to get. But we've got, uh, you know, Laura Dern and Kristen Stewart in this uh, story, the film called JT Leroy, which is I guess going to give us the true facts about writer Laura Albert and her whole, uh, for lack of a better term, scam that she pulled off uh, of writing under a pseudonym, but then I guess took it a step too far by actually having somebody pose as her avatar or alter ego. Um, There were all kinds of issues where I guess they had bought somebody that wanted to buy film rights to the first book. And so Laura Albert actually signed over the rights by using the name JT the Roy. And then was, there was a trial about fraud and all of this. So I'm really interested in learning a lot more about this story of a, a writer that's finds success writing under a false name, but takes it perhaps a step too far. Uh, this is directed and written by Justin Kelly, who I do not know that well uh but it's sitting at a 6.3 on imdb um and the fact that it's based on savannah i'm gonna say knoop who is the the one who was masquerading as jt Leroy. uh so i'm as i said we've got a version of these events i would not be surprised if (laughs) we discover oh there's more fabrication because it's like an onion there's layers and layers of deception here but I think with this cast, uh, I'm really looking forward to see where this goes. It's got a release date of April 26th, which I know there's some other movies coming out that, that weekend that everybody's going to go see. But I think this was uh, going to be straight to video uh, release, uh, which I think is a shame because I think there's an audience out there to see this. But it is it gets to be summertime. It gets to be packed. And I don't know that a lot of other people have 
JT Leroy high on their radar as a topic of interest. So this will be one of those uh, straight-to-video things, but hopefully uh, a solid film is what I'm looking forward to with this one. What do you guys think? You know JT Leroy? I'm completely unfamiliar with JT Leroy or this whole story. So so it, it looked interesting. You know, I, I liked this sense of it. I, I thought it was an interesting, I think it's going to be an interesting character piece. And maybe that's why it's not going to have a huge release because it's it feels very much like this story about this um, lost girl who kind of agrees to go along with this whole scheme and um, uh, and kind of all the repercussions of that. I feel like the trailer gives a lot away. And so that's, I guess, one frustration I have with the trailer is, you know, we get all the way kind of through the, the you know, kind of the, the frustrating uh, later resolution of it as things start coming to light. And we have Kristen Stewart saying, you know, you're so manipulative, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, I feel like I kind of get where this is going to be going. But, but still, it's, it seems like a really interesting story. So it certainly piqued my curiosity. Yeah, mine too. I think, Andy, that's such a good comparison because the first thing I thought of, I, I'd watched this trailer first and then I watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco and I thought, wow, um, this is an exercise in, um, you know, opposites a little bit. Like, I feel like I get this story and I, I get the tone and I kind of get where it's going and I don't yet know if it's one that is, that it, it, I'm sort of going to want to go pay for. Uh, I they they I think they gave away too much for for um for my interest on this kind of a film, um I, and there's something about uh, I don't know the the weird Laura Dern turn that they reveal in the movie that that or in the trailer that just feels like that in particular is a thing. It's like revealing the the whole monster, you know, in the these monster movies that I complain about all the time. Like, come on. You know, that's the point. Like, that's the turn that I want to earn in the movie along with the filmmaker. And they've removed me or my ability to do that in this trailer. So I found that kind of disappointing. Uh, but it's a curious story. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, am I more interested in finding the, like, New Yorker magazine story on this, which undoubtedly exists? Or am I interested in in actually seeing the movie? R.I.P., what's yours? Oh, you guys. It's a zombie movie. I don't I don't care. I don't care what it is. Uh, it's a zombie movie. It's a Jim Jarmusch is doing a zombie movie with uh, uh, <laughs> Bill Murray and Adam Driver. What? Uh, I had not. Uh, I, I guess I'd kind of heard about this. The Wikipedia says that Bill Murray actually did out it during Isle of Dogs uh, and Tilda Swinton, too, that they were in this thing. Originally, they'd said that Daniel Craig and Rosie Perez were going to co-star in it. Um, and uh, the only other thing that Bill Murray had said is the title and that he will not be playing a zombie. Well, <laughs> so here is the trailer. The dead don't die. Bill Murray is not a zombie. He is a, uh, a small town member of the small town sheriff's department with Adam Driver. And they are um, very calmly and sedately moving through this zombie universe. And, uh, you know, I'm in it. Adam Driver, Selena Gomez, Chloe Sevigny, Austin Butler, Steve Buscemi, Tilda Swinton, whatever. I'll go. I will go in the theater and I will love it. So shut up. Okay. So are you a big Jim Jarmusch fan? <laughs> you know, no, I would not say a big Jim Jarmusch fan. I'm not a big right. Jim Have you Jarmusch seen fan. more than I do like how some, many of his films have you seen? I'm I'm just curious. Not all of them. I mean he's he's done twenty-nine as director, and I have absolutely not seen all of them. <laughs> uh, you know, Coffee and Cigarettes, okay. which I liked, Ghost Dog, uh, okay. I liked um um let's see what else uh yeah i think actually oh stranger than paradise i, I did not uh like as much <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i'm hot and cold on uh yeah. on on well, he's, he's one of these directors Begin. where i'll see the trailers and i'll say oh yeah that looks interesting and then i'll never see any i've i've seen night on earth that's the only one i've everything else i'm like oh yeah that looks really good i wow, should really i should see this i should see that and i'm like I don't think I've seen anything wow. else of his, um, but I, I'm intrigued because, you know, he worked with, you know, Bill Murray and what was it? Coffee and cigarettes and Adam driver with 
Patterson, and I have high interest in these, but then it just comes down to, do I want to sit through this? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, there's something about this that looks fun and silly, but yeah, I don't, I don't know his style and tone as a filmmaker has been anything that's ever drawn me in or compelled me. So I, I don't know if this is an anomaly or if it's just a trailer that's cut together really well to make it look like one type of film and I'm going to get something else. I'm going to have a whole Coke and root beer situation with this. I don't know. So I'm cautious about this one. I don't know that I'm going to rush out to see this. I, I love everything that I'm seeing and maybe he's making a turn for what he's doing with his stories. I don't know, but I, yeah, I just am hesitant on this one. Maybe I'll, I'll wait, wait to Get, see some initial reviews on this before a decision, but everything tells me, yes, I should love this. It's a zombie movie. I love the, yeah. you know, the things they're playing around with, like, oh, look, they're, they're doing the thing. Apparently, they're drawn to the beverages they enjoyed previously in their life, whether it's coffee or Chardonnay. <laughs> Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> so play, playing, you know, up those, you know, knowing that zombie fans, you know, love their zombie films and you've got to give them what they want. So little, you know, nods to, you know, those you know, moments in, in the sort of zombie, you know, dictionary of, you know, films. Uh, yeah, he, he clearly knows what, he, you know, what a zombie movie should be doing. I hope this is what he delivers to us. I uh, really don't like Jim Jarmusch for the most part. <laughs> I've seen five of his movies and I mean, they're okay. But if any of them are in the top half of my flick chart, it's by accident. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it, he's not somebody I really enjoy. I find his films generally tedious. And so I'm curious that he's doing a zombie movie. I know a lot of his fans enjoy the fact that he did a vampire movie before this. But. I'm going to be hard pressed to watch this one. I, although I would say I'd probably watch this before any of his other movies. Okay. Because yeah, at least it yeah. has zombies, <laughs> which is good because it's just guaranteed its position as a trailer pick next year. So whatever <laughs> comes out June 14th this year. Right. All right, let's do lists. Let's do it. We're, uh, this week, we're looking at A Star is Born from 1976, directed by Frank Pearson with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. This is the one where he uh, his suicide method is a little different than the previous two. And so we went with car crashes. That's what the people want us to talk about. <laughs> now, before we get into car crashes, I did find a fantastic uh, website that has the... Uh, I'd like to say we should include these on our list, uh, but I feel I, I should just mention them because I guarantee none of us will. This is the top five driver's ed scare oh. films. Oh, <laughs> okay. my God. <laughs> uh, we have Last Date from 1950, Appointment with Disaster from 1956, Signal 30 from 1959, Highways of Agony from 1969, Red Asphalt, oh. which was a series from 1964 to 2006, they were still going, and finally Death on the Highway 1971. The, what they have to say here is arguably the most shocking of the blood and guts safety film genre, Death on the Highway was produced by an organization called The Suicide Club and set a new low in shock value by touching up gory crash photos with red paint oh. over the parade of ghastly images showing accident uh, victims cut in half, charred oh. by vehicle fires, and missing their arm, head, legs, and heads. The narration style that includes such classic lines as, consider that possibility that every other driver you meet on the road may be drunk, blind, or just plain stupid is equally in your face. Uh, there you go. Death yeah. on the highway. <laughs> with well, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's horrible. And uh, with that, uh, Andy, I think you're, yeah. you're ahead in the uh, round here. So, Okay. Well, I, uh, I was, there, I mean, car crashes are just such a wide variety of that. I, because of uh, our, our, our debate <laughs> in the show about whether it was an intentional accident or if he just, you know, accidentally died from drunk driving, I, I'm sure it was the former, but they did leave it ambiguous. I'm purposefully, at least unless one of you steal them, I'm going with uh, purposeful car crashes. Mm -hmm. So the first film on my list is actually a film that uh, I can't say that I liked, but it's a film that did end up sticking with me because of what it was doing 
uh, in the context of car crashes, and it is Crash from 1996, a really kind of horrifying David Cronenberg film based on J.G. Ballard's novel about these people who kind of take sexual pleasure from getting into car crashes. And it was the, it, it fit perfectly in David Cronenberg's world of body horror because these accidents that people get in the kind of the, uh, the, you know, the repair work they have to do to their bodies afterwards, it, it really fit well. And it's, it's just, it was a really disturbing film going down a road that I never thought I would be going down, <laughs> watching people who enjoy getting into car crashes. So that's my first pick, Crash. Yeah, that came up in conversations <laughs> in our house, and I don't recall ever watching that movie. My wife claims that we did watch that at one point, and she hates that movie. And she said, I don't know why you guys like that movie so much. Like, I don't remember enjoying or liking this movie. She's like, no, no, no. I think you and your brother really enjoyed it. I'm like, I have no recollection of of this movie at all. I remember the trailer. I remember the topic. I know it was J.G. Ballard and Cronenberg, but that's all I really remember about this. Sounds like that movie is just ripe for repression. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know that it's <laughs> something I want to revisit because clearly it's not anything that stuck with me and I may have blocked it out. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah, it's it's disturbing. So I can see yeah. why one might block it. So Pete, you have not seen it? Uh, no, and it's one of those movies. It's one of those weird things. Maybe I did. It's one of those movies. Whenever it's mentioned, I immediately think, "Oh, I saw that." And then you start talking about, it, "I'm like, that is totally unfamiliar yeah. to me. I have no idea what you're talking about." So yeah, I may have seen it. I don't know. I get it confused with like other movies that are related to sort of uh, automotive work, like traffic, crash, traffic. I, I get those confused. Totally different. Blood on the I highway. Get the, blood on the yeah. highway, right? The car. Which uh, one is anyway. which? Right. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, Steve, what's your first one? This is one that it's been a while since I've seen it, but it stuck with me for the crash scene is a memorable moment. But also, I remember when it came out, you know, reading articles, you know, press stuff, interviews with director and actors. And the one little moment that always stuck with me was um, during a screening, Jeff Bridges leaned over the director and said, hey, man, it's like you put acid in the popcorn, man. Uh, <laughs> and it is. It's an odd movie. Uh, 1993, Fearless which is about survivors of a plane crash. But the car crash moment comes in when uh, Jeff Bridges is helping Rosie Perez, who's just got all this guilt because she had her, her son on the plane with her and she couldn't hold on to him. And she's got all this guilt because she felt if she could hold on to him, he would still be alive. So what does Jeff Bridges decide to do? He gives her like a, goes in the trunk of his car, is there a toolbox, puts her in the back of the car and drives straight on into a wall and the toolbox goes flying out of her arms and he's telling her, look, this was just a car crash. There was no way you could have held on to your child no matter how hard you tried. And it is just one of these raw emotional moments in, a, in this really unusual uh, film. It's like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time, but that is a moment when I think of car crashes, just a, a really unique type of car crash in that film. I'm embarrassed that that wasn't on my list because it is an intentional yes. car crash. And that is, uh, it It holds a very just special place in my heart because of the way that it hit me. Yeah. It was just, I found it such a profound yes. film. Really, really amazing, powerful, touching. So I'm so glad that it was included here. Yeah, I, actually, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh. I'll bet that's a steal from Andy. <laughs> he is locked up on that I'm movie. just embarrassed that yes. it's not. Okay. Totally. Um, I, you know, I, I like to think that I had a, a consistent theme uh, like you, Andy, that I, I really tried to do the intentional car crashes. And so two of the three that I've picked are intentional. And one is just one that I, I like, uh, the first one is, um, it's one of those that stuck with me, not because of its, uh, of, of necessarily of the power of the crash in the movie, but the power of the gore, uh, and the way that the violence is illustrated on film in this particular car crash. It's 2007's Death Proof. 
It is a Quentin Tarantino film uh, in which Kurt Russell uh, turns off the lights on a uh, on a dark highway, and at the very last minute, he floors it head on into a car of four girls. And the way it's, it's so gross the way that they show like he keeps cutting back to the crash throughout this like the last i don't know 15 seconds of of this particular accident to show what happens to each of the four girls independently in the car as their arms or legs are being sliced off as their faces are getting driven over by (laughs) russell's car i mean it's just it's just horrifying uh but honestly if you if you separate yourself from the just the the violence and uh, and just the repetition of the slow motion it is an artful way to demonstrate what is going on in in this particular action i've always found that like that one uh that one sticks with me more than m- more than well i would say many others except for the two that i'm going to talk about next <laughs> death through 2007 <laughs> Well, that one was that a steal, was steal. Uh, for all the oh, reasons yes. that you stole from both uh, of for us. For all the reasons, double you steal, Pete. Really, double steal, yeah. double wow. steal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the reasons Woo. you mentioned uh, were exactly the reasons that I had on my list. It's like it's, it, 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 it's my what, probably my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, but yes, it totally. was. Uh, there are moments in it that show his strength as a filmmaker, and that is definitely one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man, I feel like I want to hang yeah. it up and I'm done. <laughs> Double steal. All right, Andy, number two. All right, number two. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a movie that I uh, I think is okay in the context of Tom Cruise's career. It's an interesting film that is a remake of Alejandro <laughs> Amenabar's uh, Open Your Eyes, Abre Los Ojos. Um, and it's not the greatest of films, but it has some really interesting things. And it has, I think, one of the most fascinating and horrifying car crashes because Tom Cruise is picked up by Cameron Diaz, this girl that he had uh, slept with, and she's clearly mentally unstable. And what you realize in the scene is that she's driving like a maniac and he has no control. And it's terrifying because she drives them off a bridge and crashes into a kind of a, an overpass and she crashes on the street below. It's really terrifying the, the, when you realize that, you know, you are putting your life in somebody else's hands when you're behind the wheel and or when they're behind the wheel. And it was it was, I think, one of the most effective moments in the film, uh, just really powerful stuff. So that's Vanilla Sky, Cameron Crowe's film from 2001 uh, with Tom Cruise and uh, and Cameron Diaz in the car. That's a steal. Steve, was like that a steal? Because actually... <laughs> Double steal. That is, that is actually one of my... The only Cameron Crowe movie I really, really, really enjoy, and it's because perhaps he didn't write it, and I think there was some distance. <laughs> he was telling someone else's story, not losing objectivity and telling a story he wrote. Uh, I don't have as many problems with this film as, as Andy does. It's one of our, maybe it's a guilty pleasure for us in this household, but yeah, the the realism in that car crash, because it just goes off the bridge, hits the wall, and it's not like <clears throat> we have explosions. You know, it's just, and I think even the sound, there's not any, I don't know, the, the score is playing, it's just the sound of a car hitting a wall, and, the, yeah, and just it's the just sound, really... Right in your face of it has a great sense of realism that of yeah if you drove a car off that's what's yeah. going to happen there's nothing to overly dramatize that moment which makes it hit you a lot harder exactly exactly that's that's what makes it work so Man. well is the, the way that. he lingers yeah. on the car for so long as after it hits like yeah. ugh, it's just terrible so two double steals down and i have started keeping score in the show notes <laughs> i am putting a single star next to the movie for the first person who gets a steal and a the little emoji for double star if it's been uh stolen uh <laughs> twice so now we can keep score and don't have to worry about uh you know coming up with all this coming up with all the alternatives that was my number one pick for today that is that's my favorite one okay wow. All right, Steve, what's your and number You don't have two? any backups, huh? Well, I have backups, but I it's, it, that doesn't do any good for scorekeeping, yeah. Andy. I want to keep score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you got to come up with a third one. You have to no, have a third one. No, I got backups. I got backups. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So then I guess we go to 
yeah, it's a crash. There's a vehicle involved, but it's a little bit different from, from everything else that has been stolen from my list. But, um, you know, in a, a little small town, Adam and Barbara are out running errands. And as they're on their way back home, a little dog just, you know, walks in front of their car and they veer and are hanging off the edge of a bridge. And there's a little dog standing on a little beam. And as he jumps off, it releases the car and good old Adam and Barbara are dropped into the water. And when they come back to their house, they find things are weird because this is Beetlejuice and Tim Burton. Mm. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous love car it. crash ever. Um, <laughs> well, it's a great one. I love that. Uh, gosh, I, I want to show I need to show that movie to the kids. That's yes. a fun movie. <laughs> I've tried. It's funny what they yeah. I tried and they were too oh, young yeah. um, because it, it presents as scarier than it is. So yes. I, yeah. I need to try right. that again, too. Easy enough. My number two. Uh, how do you do this without a 1970s uh, Roy Scheider car chase? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And this one, I want to talk about Philip D'Antoni's film, The Seven Ups. The first, I don't know, 15 minutes of this movie is this fantastic car chase uh, where uh, Scheider is chasing bad guys. And uh, the thing that sticks with me is this is not an intentional car chase, but it might as well have been because anybody who intentionally gets in a car chase like this almost is begging to have it end the way it does. And in this case, uh, Scheider doesn't see that he's about to slam into the back of a semi-tractor trailer, and he ducks at the very last second and just peels off the top of the car as he slams into it. And it gives me the same kind of feeling that we get from the Vanilla Sky one. Like, it's done in such a way where time stops. And I've seen it, like, now... I don't know, 15 times this morning. I've watched it over and over again. And it gives me that same sort of take your breath away kind of feeling as as time stops when the car uh, comes to a stop too. Seven Ups, 1973. Great movie, great car chase, and a great car crash. I'll have to watch yeah, that now thing. that I have freedom Thank in you. my list to watch other movies. I, I, Man, this is I, a brave new it's, world. It's worth Steve Sarmento. I know, there's, yes, I know. Roy Scheider in the 70s. There's a lot that I need to get back yep. to, to, to cover there. Yeah. Andy? All right. Well, for my final pick then, I'm going with... Uh, it's it's one of Pete's favorite movies. And uh, and technically, I, I, I guess I would say, technically, you don't see the car crash in the film because the film ends on a freeze frame. But you know the car is about to crash and it is Thelma and Louise. Pete <laughs> loves this movie so much. He, his love for this movie is so great that, uh, that he doesn't want to talk about it on the show because it would just be an hour of, a, of him <laughs> accusing his love. So <laughs> I really love Thelma and Louise. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, a great movie and I love that last shot. It's a great one. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually really tragic to bring up weirdly this week after, you know, somebody falling off the side of the Grand Canyon once a week, the last three weeks, what is going on up at the Grand Canyon yeah. that they, that these idiots are, are kind of getting too close to the edge. But anyway, uh, that's my final pick. Thelma and Louise. That's a classic. Pete, Pete, do Man, you want to talk would, about that love? movie, that movie would only be better. If they would have found some way to work in a, you know, a, a sequence in which a main character took a crap on somebody's suit, like Tony Monero. Like, that's that's the kind of feeling I get when I watch what? Louise. Oh, good Lord. I'm, I am I kid. It's not that bad. All right. You two. Rumble. Cage uh, match on Tom and Louise. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, okay. What's your second Well, one? you guys. Your first you one. Took everything. Uh, also, I'm. I, and I won't say I'm left with this was my I had set this aside because I thought, well, I won't include this because it's like the epitome of car crashes when you and I think car crashes and I've mentioned this movie before and it has a, a very fond place in my heart because it's set uh, in the city that I grew up near and it's just a classic. And there when you have car crash, you know, you have one or two car crash cars, you know, colliding with each other. But it's an entirely different thing when you have a mountain of police cars piled up in the Blues Brothers. That is the way to do a car crash. There's also the uh, police car embed launched and embedded in the side of the semi-truck. So there's all kinds of craziness going on with cars. I know I mentioned it a few weeks ago when we were think, doing things with things in the mall and we had the, the whole car chase through the mall. But for me... 
when you mentioned car movies, Blues Brothers is always my my go to. I knew you were yeah. going to put that. Yep. I, I knew you would yep. say, I don't care if I talk about this every That's week right. and put it on my list every week. It's going to be mentioned. I just knew it. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? As I was preparing the show notes for this week, I actually put the Blues Brothers in his number one spot. <laughs> I knew it that hard. Oh, uh, my like number a book, Steve, like <laughs> a book. <laughs> uh, my number one was Vanilla Sky, but my first, my, my backup prime uh, is a movie that we've already sort of mentioned, I think, in this conversation as we were talking about uh, DC movies, that is The Dark Knight. I'm telling you, when the Joker uh, orchestrates the flipping of the semi in the middle of the quiet downtown Gotham Street, that was one of those breathtaking practical effects that um, that just uh, it it just shook me. I felt like that was a it's just amazingly cool way uh, to orchestrate that particular sequence. Everything worked. The music worked. Heath Ledger was fantastic. All of the uh, you know all of the the flipping and the Batman's bike and I mean the whole thing just worked for me. So. Uh, that would be my backup uh, number one pick. Nothing wrong with that one. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that one. That's it. That's a good yeah. list, gents. Well, so we have coming up now uh, our final episode of A Star is Born with the 2018 version. So what should we uh, what should we talk about? What's different with this one that we could throw in, in there? Um, Bradley Cooper <laughs> pee in his pants. Pants wedding? Pants wedding. Are there there that many films where somebody wetting their pants? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't wait to research it. That's what what you just heard Steve's subtext as. (laughs) There's nothing I'd rather research. I don't know. Because I'm I'm trying to think what's what's different. People pee in their pants. I don't know. Um... You know, I was thinking about this as I was I was watching some of the special features mm-hmm. for this movie, and it was one of those where, uh, you know, they were talking about just the, the lengths that Bradley Cooper went to to learn how to play the guitar and sing. And I thought maybe that's an idea for a, a theme for us sure. where um, actors learn to play their instruments or something like that. You know, I mean, we've, there are a number of movies where they especially lately where we've seen that happen. Actors playing is it instruments, actors playing instruments, or, well, or is it, it not just not just learning, but actor, yeah, actors really playing their instruments, like that's like learning to play. Who aren't musicians, you know, piano right. players, learning to play okay. the piano, right? Actors really playing their yes. instruments, yeah, yes, really. But italicize that, please. I no, I, I, all caps. I'm gonna all caps. Good, it. good. All caps is better. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. <sighs> Let's see. This one we have. Uh, this is this is going to be the first one where we actually have family relations with. Um, with our male lead. It's his brother as opposed to just his manager or the studio mm-hmm. head. Is there something we can do with uh, with kind of, um, you know, working with your siblings or something like that? Like a family business type of thing? Family business. Okay. I like that. Family business. Okay. Well, that's, that's an two. easy three. No. That's... That was, then we have to, oh, we, you, oh, you were joking about pants wedding? Oh, uh, we're not putting pants wedding on here. <laughs> oh, I see. I didn't. Okay. No, that's fine. No, I mean, whatever. I, no, Pete, you can fine. bring your pants wedding list next week, regardless. That's fine, Dad. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get just once this gets posted, it's gonna Discord's gonna be covered with pants wedding. Uh, right. Yes, that'll be the thing. <laughs> well, and everybody is now going to. Uh, nobody's gonna vote. They're all going to. Do their own little. <laughs> That's know, right. Fill in pants <laughs> wedding scenes on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Andy, whatever happens, you've lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Are there okay. are there um, others <laughs> that we that didn't make the cut that we want to throw back in the in the mix? Like, well, let's. I will tell you. Let's see. We have relationship yeah. destruction. Movies about rock stars that aren't biopics. Um, we had, um, self-destruction. We had vomiting. I don't remember if there's vomiting in the new one. (laughs) And then we had, uh, coming to Hollywood to become a star. Don't really have that. And then we just have the generic alcoholism. Is there vomiting? Because vomiting and pants wedding, that would be... <laughs> God, if we could have vomiting and pants wedding on the same Bodily fluids. Yeah. Bodily fluids. Bodily fluids. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, we can do no. bodily fluids. 
<laughs> that at least gives you more variety than just pants wetting. All right. Well, that covers the alcoholism too, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's not quite a bodily fluid. Depends how much you're drinking. Oh. Um, <laughs> I guess alcoholism is missed by one. Uh, several weeks ago, that's the closest. I, I want to give the fans, you know, that you they, know, we can they, we can try yeah. that. Let's try alcoholism. Yeah. I, you know, what else we could do, which I think would be it. It gives us uh, actually a, a lot of options, but it potentially requires a lot more research. Um, is um, uh, movies with Academy Award nominated songs? Okay. Oh yeah, that's big. Okay. It's it's totally something we haven't really talked yeah. about, but no, right. other than in the right. shows where we look at some of these movies, like who, who why is this banana song yeah. nominated? Yeah, but, no, that's that, yeah, that's, that's a great one. That's a great okay. one, Andy. Put Perfect. that down there. You have outdone your pants wedding suggestion. You've raised the bar. <laughs> okay, so our choices are actors really playing their instruments, family business, and movies with Oscar nominated songs. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, that well, was good. Mission accomplished. Right. Yes, indeed it is. Well done. Hey, uh, beefy, uh, beefy yeah. show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, yes. everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. Members uh, and patrons, thank you for uh, hanging with us this fine Saturday matinee. We've got to go uh, buy more tickets for uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I'm out of here. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. 